Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Salted Hash. My name is Steve Reagan, Senior Staff Writer at CSO Online. With me is Staff Writer J.M. Porup, and we're going to talk about Spectre and Meltdown. We'll be right back. Hi. Hi. You're new. I'm the new guy. We've we've never seen you before on, on the show, so welcome. I, I see you brought toys. Ah, uh, yes, toys. So so I, I thought I was cool to have my little laptop, and now you're outdoing me. Already, it's your uh, second week on the job. and uh, Third? Third week? Third week, yeah. So, so what, three weeks in, you've acquired more gear than I have. I'm a little jealous, a little jealous. So how are you? How are you liking things so far? Good, good. Uh, in Framingham here at IDG uh, Global Headquarters uh, for the first time. Yeah, yeah. We're stuck on the fourth floor in a little studio. Chris is back there just laughing maniacally at us. Hello. Wave, Chris. There you go. See, I tell him to wave all the time, and none of you can see him waving. But trust me, he does. He really does. He truly waves. So Spectre and Meltdown. We've got uh, the new year kicked off with a uh, a frightening bit of melting... Hardware. See, yeah, there we go. Melting hardware. The puns really don't lend themselves to these vulnerabilities, but they do. Um, <clears throat> what is it? What is it about Spectre and Meltdown you think that that scared everybody when this first came out? Just because you know, it, oh, it impacts all of Intel, or you know, was it something else? What do you think? I think that uh, the asymmetry uh, between attack and defense and hardware is especially extreme compared to software because uh, software flaws can be patched and deployed, especially if you have a patching program to do that. But tell me how you're going to patch your hardware. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, at best, you can mitigate these things by by patching your operating system, but you're not going to patch your hardware. And the hardware refresh cycle on this this stuff is like five years. Oh, if that. I mean, it, there's, there's systems out there now that are older, as old as we are. Mm. And, I mean, the thing is, you have this... The, this this problem with the the legacy things, which actually led into a lot of, of issues here recently. Um, to give you a quick recap, Spectre and Meltdown are actually the names given for three different variants of possible side channel ag- uh, attacks against processors. And what you need to understand is variants one and two are Spectre. Variant three is Meltdown. That's the bad one. Yeah, Meltdown is like the worst of the bunch, but Meltdown was actually... <laughs> easier to address than Spectre was. See, Spectre is something that, based on the way the the processors are designed these days, Spectre's going to be here for a while. Except, in in some instances, like, um, I know Intel's been pushing out and talking about new architecture. Uh, Who was it? Um, AMD CEO Lisa Su said that the Zen 2 chips are going to be patched against Spectre when they come out. Problem is, we won't see those chips until, like, 2019 which is going to be really bad. And what other hardware flaws have we not discovered? Now that we have so many more eyeballs saying, ooh, we got stuff to yeah. look for, okay, maybe we've mitigated these, but how many more are there that we don't know about? Yeah, and I think the 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 frightening aspect about that is is when you consider the way that technology has permeated the market and you know from IoT devices all the way down to our physical systems here in front of us, we'll never know. I mean... Hopefully, as engineering improves, they get these things filtered out in the upstream so that when new systems come to market, they're already pre, I hate to say this, but pre-patched. 
you know, against these these types of attacks. But the thing is, maybe there's something out there we haven't figured out yet, and these attacks are a gateway to, you know, these vulnerabilities would be a gateway to another type of attack against the hardware. And it's it's a continuing rat race at that point to try and stay the, ahead of people who would use them for ill. Um, patching was the big advice earlier this year when uh, this these vulnerabilities dropped on the public. You know, everybody was like, Cisco's putting out patches, Intel's putting out patches, AMD's putting out patches, ARM has done this. Um, and that's all well and dandy because, you know, that's what people needed. But the problem is, uh, just last weekend, I think it was, yeah, just last weekend, Microsoft had to rush out of band patches mm. to fix the flaws in Intel's patching. And they're not like the, the, the patches were broken, but what it's, what it's doing is putting systems into a perpetual reboot. Mm. And that, you know, for enterprise customers, that's a very, very bad thing. Um, there was also a lot of problems with performance. Mm. Did you notice any after you got your patches? Has any of your systems had performance problems? Uh, I've had an, a number of people, you know, uh, pitch me stories uh, with research suggesting that there are performance issues. Um, nothing s as dramatic as the initial scaremongering 30% that we were seeing. Yeah, that... Um, but th there, there is clearly a performance trade-off, and people have even gone so far as to say, you know, maybe Moore's Law really is dead now, that, you know, um, Intel and AMD and the others have been playing games to to uh, get maximum processing speed at the expense of, of deploying secure hardware. Well, so the, the interesting thing about that is, is a lot of people blamed Intel and AMD for these flaws, and so how could you architect them in? And, and the thing that stands out to me is Intel built these chips based on customer demand. Mm. They made the, 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 they manufactured these chips to spec based on what customers wanted performance-wise. So literally, they gave us what we wanted, and what we wanted was a security flaw. And that just, it, it stands out to me like, you know, you be careful what you wish for, because you, you might get it and tons of other things along with it. Well, I mean, you have Intel ME, and, and, <clears throat> and can we swear on this show? Because that is just yep. a show. There uh, we go. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, we can talk about Spectrum Meltdown all day, but Intel ME is, is a total show and 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 uh, you know that's like a back door built right into your processor you know and deliberately not even like I, I have no reason to believe Spectre and Meltdown were anything other than well-intentioned accidents I mean nobody is suggesting that these were deliberately put into the chip but Intel ME is is not a flaw it, it is not a, a bug it is a feature yep and, and just to, to state that the uh, the whole thing of ME being a uh show was your personal opinion. That was my personal opinion. It does not reflect <laughs> that of my employer or anyone else. There we go. So thank you for that one. Um, we have, I mean, the thing is, you're not wrong, though. I mean, intentionally including a backdoor into design just seems weird to me. I've never understood the, the mechanics or why it's valuable. Even as a support guy working in a knock, I wouldn't want something like that. You know, it's there are tools out there to make that, that job so much easier for me. But sticking to Spectre and Mountdown, um, <laughs> did you did you see Linus put out a post? Uh, yeah, he was pissed. Man. Oh man, he was not happy about that. But the good news is uh, Linux, the the kernel four point fifteen is actually uh, engineered against Spectre, um, and 
hopefully as things progress, it's it's going to stay that way. He is more focused on 4.16 now, uh, not really wanting to, to get into the things. But this this latest kernel took a long time to get out there because they were engineering all the fixes needed. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that dragged the process down. Anything that makes Linus care about security, I know, shocker, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you know it's bad when Linus Torvalds decides to give a about security yeah when he when he gets upset about it it's something serious and then of course the, the one of the other latest updates for um uh specter meltdown is uh security companies are now talking about the fact that they're seeing poc uh using them in attacks and it's really interesting because a lot of the pocs that you're seeing are centered on the web-based attack not the network-based attack mm. and your primary defense against there is what? We were just talking about this. What do you, what, what do you think the, the best defense against the web-based attacks are? Well, I mean, uh, ad blocking is clearly a, a, yep. a major component of that. Um, you know, we've gotten rid of Flash mostly. That's a good thing. Uh, restricting JavaScript may, may be something for uh, enterprise environments or government agencies to be thinking about. Yep. At the expense of killing a great deal of web functionality, but uh, especially in lockdown enterprise environments, how much... Uh, how much functionality do you need on random websites that want to play something, you know? It just kills me. I think it was, uh, yeah, here it is. On the 21st of January, AV Test said they discovered 119 samples related to uh, Spectre and Meltdown. And these samples are literally just POCs that uh, security researchers are coming up with. These are not in-the-wild attacks. Nobody's exploiting them or anything like that. Any bets on how soon we'll see them in the wild? So the the funny thing with that is, is even if we did see them in the wild, I'm not concerned about that. Mm. You know, um, Spectre and Meltdown are vehicles. Mm. They are the pathway to the final attack on your system, be that ransomware or Trojan or something like that. And the mitigations you would normally take to defend against such things are still going to apply here. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, Spectre and Meltdown are important, but they're not the end of the world. There are things you can do. So I don't want to spread fear and panic because we're seeing POCs. I mean, that's what researchers do. They develop these concepts so that people know what's available, what's not available, and you can mitigate defenses when possible. So, I mean, I think we should be talking a little bit about um, cloud storage providers here because they were both the most affected but also the most agile in in deploying patches because the, the real threat of Spectrum Meltdown was shared hosting where, where there was a VM escape where you could steal sensitive data from uh, other users or, or even... Uh, yep. uh, yeah, so... so and, and, we, and we see all the major cloud providers have patched immediately, but like DigitalOcean, which is popular with developers, has only just now, like this yeah. past weekend, deployed mitigations three yep. weeks later. Uh, and and uh, enterprises doing you know h- hybrid cloud or anything with cloud on premises where there is a shared storage with uh, different levels of of secure uh, information should be thinking about you know how is this going to affect the confidentiality of the data stored on those hybrid clouds. You know the the interesting thing too when it comes to to protecting the data that's in these clouds is now with all these new regulations coming out from like GDPR and everything mm-hmm. else. You know vulnerabilities like this just really throw a wrench in the entire operation because what you thought you had going on and you know, all the the best laid plans you had for achieving all this it, it, it's a huge step backwards when you have to change your infrastructure. 
And if you're undergoing compliance or, or assessments, you know, related to your infrastructure in any way, and you've suddenly got to rip out a significant portion of it or re-engineer it, that sets you back. And that's time. That's money. That's that's a lot of lost productivity. And I think there are some companies that are, are not fully aware of the impact these two vulnerabilities are going to have on their environment long term, especially the longer they hold out and keep using legacy systems that are justified because you need this for a compliance measure, you need this you know, for some sort of regulatory thing, and it's the only system that could run the specialty piece of software that you absolutely have to have, and that's where we're gonna see a lot of the, the pain long-term, I think. Mm. I'm not worried about our laptops. I'm not worried about the, the new cell phones in everybody's pockets. I mean, yeah, those could be at risk, and there's an issue there, but long-term, we're talking companies that have systems that are 15, 20 years old still in play. And if they're not being patched, like Spectre and Meltdown are the least of your worries. Yeah. I mean, if you aren't all, I mean, if you have a, a, a fully deployed patching program, then maybe you might be in a position. But if, but if you're, you know, if you have have admin admin as your password on all mm-hmm. of your your network infrastructure, then you know uh, you've got bigger problems than Spectre and Meltdown. Yeah. And and that's not to say I'm coming down on people for not patching their stuff. You know, there are some organizations out there that absolutely cannot patch. They are forced mm-hmm. in a situation where they can't touch anything. But there is a huge gap where there is not patching and there ought to be patching yeah. where there is like no excuse really yeah. no excuse and that's 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 where things get that get disheartening you know where you just kind of want to sh- shrug your shoulders and sob in a corner because how do you not do that how do you not take the basics seriously enough to where you know you're you're not trying to protect your assets the best you can and unfortunately a lot of companies you know that assumed risk <laughs> is very much a way of life for them. That is how they, you know, how they operate. They mm. know that they're behind on patches, but that's not important to them. Well, if the market and government regulators fail to punish uh, poor security, then they see no consequences for their uh, lack of due diligence and keep doing what they've always done. Mm. I mean, a, a case in point, Equifax, like Spectre and Meltdown, had they been already publicly known at that time, would have made no difference in that breach. No. Because they were so incompetent that that was like the least of their possible worries. Yep. That would have have had no impact on them whatsoever. I mean, they were already like wide open. Yep. So. So I guess the bottom line as we we wrap out this little episode for you is the fact that Spectre and Meltdown are serious. You need to take them seriously. But there are a lot of things that you could be doing in the meantime that will help you against anyone who's trying to leverage them in an attack against you. Mm. And that, you know, going into those and, and listing them all for you actually sounds like a really good episode that we could follow up on. But in the meantime, pay attention to your patching and when possible, do so because these are vulnerabilities you really don't want to ignore long term. In the meantime, we'll see you next week. I'm Steve Reagan, and this has been Salted Hash. Good night, everybody. Good night. Yep. Good night. Good day. Good day. Good morning. Good eye, Mike. <laughs>